I'll ask you a question. Who believes Jesus was and still is a man of joy? Do we think about joy when we think about Jesus? Um, I grew up as a Roman Catholic, so um, to be honest with you, uh, growing up as a child in that environment, I probably didn't think Jesus was a man of joy. The pictures that you, you, you're presented with, he's someone that's quite aloof, um, quite sombre, um, and that's okay, but I think the reality is, is I felt like he was devoid of emotions, and um, that's sometimes how he can be presented to us, someone who doesn't feel, um, he, he seems like somebody we can't reach. Hebrews 1.8 says, shows us, show, shows us how to think something different than what I just said. Your God has anointed you, that's Jesus, with the oil of joy more than anyone else. God anointed Jesus with the oil of joy more than anyone else. So that's, that's the Jesus who we worship. John 15, 11 shows us that Jesus walked in great joyfulness when he was on earth. He said, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. He wants us to walk in full joy. It's good for us and it's good for everyone around us. Paul says in Romans, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And Pete shared that. It was that one, wasn't it, at the beginning? No, it wasn't that one. Okay. You shared some good stuff at the beginning. <laughs> so, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So, life with God, what we have been designed to experience, is the third of the kingdom. And that's pretty awesome, isn't it? Joy. Our joy, like our peace and righteousness, points to the king and the kingdom. C.S. Lewis, who lots of us love, says, joy is the serious business of heaven. Isn't it? <laughs> Jesus was the desired guest at weddings where sinners hung out. His joy caused him to be attractive and have favor in his relationships. And we saw that. We see that throughout the Gospels, don't we? Just... He just has a way <laughs> with people, you know, the woman at the well, you know, how she opens up. Just so many scenarios where they are gravitating towards what he's carrying. And when I was quite a young Christian, so um, baby Christian, 96, 97, there was a movie that came, that came out called The Gospel According to Matthew. Some of you may or may not have heard that. It was a series of short videos portraying the life of Jesus through the eyes of Matthew's Gospel. The man who played Jesus was quite captivating, and he was someone I looked out and thought, I imagined, my word, that's exactly how I imagined Jesus would look. He looked, I actually, um, this is the book that he wrote called In the Footsteps of Jesus. So it's basically him writing about what it was like to play Jesus. And it was a really spirit-filled set of videos, and it was amazing. He you know, down to what he looked like, the colour of his skin, um, how he was. It, it was a real eye-opener for me as being that baby Christian. Um, I'll just read out a bit from the book. Oh, sorry, I've missed this a little bit. 
So during the summer of the time when the actor was researching, he met some friends who had a little girl and they told their little girl that he was playing the man of Jesus. And her response was, well, I sure hope he smiles a lot. Um, because in the other Jesus movies, Jesus never smiles, and I know he smiles all the time. And I think that was quite an eye-opener for him, just thinking, okay, that's a key bit for me to understand in playing the role of Jesus. It's amazing how children see things. Jesus would have loved that little girl's response, the little girl who accepted him for who he was. He loved the children to come to him. He encouraged us to be more like them. I'm just going to read a bit from the book, if that's okay. There is a chapter called Jesus, Man of Joy, and I did love it. So this is him, um, the, the actor, sharing this in the book. As wise and perfect as he was, meaning Jesus, no one can tell me he would have suppressed all the joy in his heart and sat there insisting on reverence and piety in a moment like that. So he was talking about when Jesus, all the children were running up to him and the disciples were like, get them back, you know. And he was like, no, let them come to me. They get it. <laughs> they get what it means to, to be with me. Um, Jesus had no need to maintain some air of poise, trying to impress people with his holiness. He had no insecurities and his holiness certainly wasn't wrapped up in outward appearances. He had nothing to prove and no reason to hold back. He was God. And he had no problem fully being who he fully was and fully living what he fully felt every full moment of every full day. Imagine if we lived like that, just living every full moment full of him. Um, it's a challenge, isn't it? But it's, it's good to challenge us. And I just wanted to read one other page. Um, there was a beautiful bit in in the videos where Jesus heals the leper. And um, I was a bit taken aback because there's a bit where he heals the leper and then he rolls on the floor with him in, in joyful kind of, wow, this is what's happened. And there was a bit of part of me going, would Jesus really have done that? But, you know, I really believe he would have done because just listen to this. But let's set aside presupposed imagery and look at the practicality so he's talking about when he healed the leper. The reality of what actually happened that day, a human being who was drowning in disease, filth and rejection, was suddenly and dramatically freed from it all in the blink of an eye. Wow. Think what that must have meant to the man, not just to be restored health-wise, but to be restored to his family and the society that had booted him out. It doesn't take much to see that this was one gigantic moment in this leper's life. I can't imagine it would have transpired with much calm or reserve. And from Jesus' side, what a thrill to have the opportunity to hand someone a gift like that, to be the source of someone's liberty and renewal, especially someone you love. And it's a thrill Jesus experienced, not just this once, but day in, day out. Now that's joy. <laughs> the actor discovered the one thing that served as the fountainhead of Jesus' overwhelming joy was that he loved people, and that was what he was all about. Hebrews 12:23 says, For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. He looked past the challenges he faced and focused on the joy, which was us. Um, so I wanted to give a bit of a testimony of my joy. 
Um, I've had a couple of weeks of not experiencing much joy and I think in the grand scheme of things they're very little compared to what's going on but they're a reality for me in the moment and I have to deal with how I walk those things through. So um, it was quite funny when we were looking at the, um, the video where Pete was he said, look at me holding my mouth. My tooth was really hurting. So for those of you who don't know, a couple of weeks ago, Pete had a, a tooth yeah, problem <laughs> that was causing him an awful lot of pain. And um, we had a week of very, very sleepless nights. <laughs> and um, Pete was in a, a lot of pain. And we had lots of people praying. And it was great. But it was, it was really hard. And our, we all know, don't we, after many nights of lack of sleep... It just plays with you, doesn't it? Then the pump in the shower broke. Again, very trivial, but <laughs> I was like, oh my goodness, what is going on? Then I got a cold, a sore throat. So very small things, but there was no joy in any of that. And it was quite a lot of disappointment. But I came to realize, because I was thinking about this preach at the time, my joy is not going to be found in my circumstances. So don't even bother going there. <laughs> During this time, it was hard to not let the lies in that say things are always going to be this way. Nobody else has these problems, again, as small as they were. Um, these are very small things compared to the current war, compared to viruses, economic challenges. Even in the midst of the harder things, God wants us to know his joy. Regardless of our circumstances, Paul's prayer in Romans 15 is that the God of hope fills us with his joy and peace as we trust in him so that we may, may overflow with hope for others. It's not just for us, it's how we then going to impart that to others. Joy is something we carry, grow in, guard and share with others as we walk in step with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to say that quite a lot today. Keep in step with the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit keep in step with Jesus. Joy is the overflow, the result of me and you remaining in Jesus. As Martin Baker shared a couple of months back, John 15, 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Joy is a muscle that needs to be exercised. If we're not going to exercise it, Nothing's really going to happen. Or, you know, I had to make a choice to press in for joy. The deep internal joy that says, it's going to be okay. And then that enables me to practice thankfulness in the midst of the stuff, to be thankful for things in the midst of what I'm going through. There may be harder things going on for you guys, and I know there probably are, but I encourage you to practice thankfulness and see joy will come when we do that. Joy is a choice. It is. It's a choice. But we can let it become a habit if we let it. Freedom, freedom comes when we do. Choosing joy is brave. It's not the easiest thing to do. It doesn't ignore the circumstances, though. It sees beyond them. That's the point. Luke 6, um, 22, 23 talks about rejoicing and leaping for joy. Oh, it was hilarious yesterday. I was typing this up, and I'm literally typing up leaping for joy. 
and I have to explain, we're doing some work at home. So there's quite a few exposed floorboards, holes here, holes there. And, and our middle son, Luca, has got lizards at home. So we have crickets in the house, um, in containers, but that's what we feed the lizards with. And um, as I'm literally typing, leaping for joy, pop, from, from a floorboard, from a hole, boop, onto, the, onto the table, there's a cricket. <laughs> bouncing around. I was just, I think that's God's sense of humour. I just find that really funny. And then I thought, I'm not even going to try and catch you because I can't. Pete's the only one that can catch the crickets. <laughs> so I did find that quite funny. See, I've made you laugh. In, in this uh, verse, Jesus encouraged us to intentionally stir up joy when things are tough. It's not easy to do, but he's encouraging us to do it. Go against the negative emotions by learning how to encourage ourselves in the Lord. Rejoice in him. Don't let the day end without coming against opposing circumstances. Leap for joy. The key to breaking off heaviness is sometimes to increase our physical demonstrations of joy and to come against what is coming at us. Leaping, talking loudly to our own soul, as David did, dancing, running, shouting, full joy comes. Who wants to engage with that? I do. Um, another book I've been reading, I would recommend this one, Steve Backland, few people have heard of him, a lot of us have. He's, um, he's friends with the people at Bethel Church in California and He's a great guy. He's, um, he's our declarations man. He's, you know, opened up what that means to declare good things of God over our lives. And he wrote this book, Possessing Joy, A Secret to Strength and Longevity. It really is. And it's a great, great book, so I would recommend it. He says, Steve, says that hope is the confident, optimistic expectation that good is coming. Hope is the soil that faith and joy must have their roots in. Our joy and our emotions result mostly from what we believe. Do we hope in Jesus? The finished work of what he's accomplished, the fact that we are fully alive in him, our new creation reality. When we replace lies of what the enemy would want to say with this truth, our joy level will increase. Absolutely, it will increase. Joy is the partner of great faith. When we encounter him, we can experience true exuberant joy. Who wants to encounter him afresh this morning? I do. Joy is part of the fruits of the Spirit. It's not separate to the others. We don't... Some people, I think, we can say, oh, well, I'm not really wired that way. I'm not joyful. I'm more patient. I know I love better. You know, you can do that, can't you? The reality is we can be fully all of those things all of the time if we wanted to be. It's not separate. Um, we don't get more of one than the other when we keep in step with him. Keep in step with him. Keep walking with him. When we walk in step with him, we will experience all of the fruit. And then actually we become salt and light in this earth. Sometimes when we encounter him, it can be like we're having a party. And we've had some times of that in this, in this church. There are times when religion can come along, though, and bring doubt and fear instead of remembering 
the fruit was all about freedom in him. It says here at the beginning of Galatians 5, it's freedom that we're going after. Free to be ourselves in his presence. Wouldn't it be great to have times where we kind of let loose and be overwhelmed by his spirit? Psalm 1611 says, in your presence is fullness of joy. Do we believe that? In his presence is fullness of joy. Like people sharing about the prodigal son, I did put that. You know, there was a party when the son came home. There was joy in that house. Let's throw a party. Let's praise him. Wow. I understand that some may shudder at the thought of letting loose. (laughs) And I get that, of having a party. But I believe God wants to break something off of us to experience him in a deeper way. No, it doesn't always have to be jumping and leaping, but it is a strong conviction that God is good all the time. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 8 says, You love him even though you have never seen him, and though you do not see him, you trust him, and you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. We don't see him, but we trust him. Joy will come. I have sometimes found it harder to receive truth when my thoughts are stuck in frustration, fear, bitterness, anger, hopelessness. Steve Backland again just talks about us being a vessel where we engage with the truth of what God says before engaging with our circumstances in a negative way. He encourages us to have hope and grace attached to everything we say. Don't you want that? He says one of the ways to help with this is to laugh a lot. Laughter has an amazing way of taking the spirit of heaviness off of our lives. Um, uh, Probably last week, um, I was on top of the landing, and I don't think I was having a to-do with my daughter, but it wasn't particularly peaceful. But on top of the landing on the windowsill is one of those air fresheners, you know, where it's it's got a battery, so every now and again... So Molly was standing there, and I was talking to her, and it went, and she went, oh, she took her by surprise. Well, it just cracked me up laughing, but then I couldn't stop laughing, and then she couldn't stop laughing, and then you're just laughing, and then you're like, oh, whatever was potentially heavy there has just gone in an instant, and then she couldn't cope with the fact that I was laughing, and then she couldn't stop laughing. It was really quite precious. Isaiah 61.3 says, God will correct, give us a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of despair. Steve, I refer to him quite a lot, but Steve again says, Godly humor helps to see reality rather than the falsehood that supports unhappiness. The way we think is crucial. Humor can help. It's not often the situation that creates distress, but conclusions we make about the situation. Humour can adjust the meaning of our circumstances so they're not overwhelming. Focus on God's promises instead of the problem. Uh, I'm just going to read this. It's a really good book because it's like, does it in days, and then there's a declaration at the end, which is fabulous. So I'll just read this bit for you, going deeper into joy. Health benefits of laughter. In 2001, there were two studies that showed that a good laugh 
can strengthen your immune system. In one which was published in the Journal of the American Medical Association, scientists exposed 26 people to allergens which produced allergy symptoms and then let them watch view a 90-minute Charlie Chaplin film. The allergy symptoms were reduced in all 26 subjects for four hours after the video. The other study published in Alternative Therapies in Health and Medicine looked for an increase in immune function through laughter. 52 healthy men watched an hour-long comedy video. They were measured before, during and after the video for immunity markers that like their T-cell counts. It was discovered that just one hour of laughter boosted their immune function for up to 12 hours. Experts say that stress reduction seems to be the key for a stronger immune system. And even a few hearty chuckles a day can do wonders to lower stress. These studies support the belief that laughter can be a good antibiotic and humour can help fight germs. How's about that? You know, guys, it's all about walking in the spirit, walking in the spirit, walking in step with the spirit. The secret to joy is walking with him. It's not my work to produce the fruit. It's his work in me, in you, as you remain in him. Let's be disciples who are joy-filled. Who wants to be joy-filled this morning? Um, I just thought of something this morning when I was getting ready and um, just in the sense of keeping in step with Jesus, there's um, a film, I don't know who may or may not have seen it, called Scent of a Woman. I love the film and Al Pacino plays a blind army veteran and there's a particular bit in the film where there's a young lady waiting for a gentleman and he never shows up and she wants to dance the tango. So Al Pacino says he'll dance with her, and she's thinking, how are you going to do this? You can't see, you're blind. But she trusted him, and it's a beautiful part of the film. I love those kind of films anyway, but it was a beautiful part of the film, just her trusting him, and it produced something beautiful. It produced a beautiful dance because she trusted him, and he led her. And that's what Jesus can do with us. If we keep in step with him, he'll lead us. And it will produce something really, really beautiful in us and for others. Um, That's kind of all I was going to say. I'm going to say a bit more. But I would love for us, if you're up for it, just to have a time of encountering him afresh again. For us to be able to pray for one another. Um, Things to remember. Galatians 5. It starts with freedom. We will find freedom when we live by the Spirit. Walk with him and the fruit we produce will be divine love in all its varied expressions. The Passion Translation puts it like this. We will have have joy that overflows, peace that subdues, patience that endures. We'll have kindness in action, a life full of virtue, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart and strength of spirit. I want to encourage you not to judge your joy compared to others. It can be quite easy to do that, can't it? Well, I'm not feeling as joyful as that person. Well, that person's laughing, but I don't feel like I want to laugh. Don't. God's got it for you. 
whatever that looks like for you. But don't let it hold you back from experiencing him. him. The lies we can sometimes believe is I'm not good enough to experience joy. How can I experience joy when so many hard things are going on around me? Just walk with him. And do you know what? Sometimes laugh at those lies. Steve Backlin's another good one about just laughing at the lies that can get in there. Just laugh at them. Laugh out loud. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it does something to your spirit. It, it propels you forward. The reality is we want joy to be bubbling all the time when we walk in step with the spirit. Sometimes it may explode and we will see it more evidently, but it is always there. Um, Pete said he was having a chat with Liz Hudson and it reminded me of when we went to Iceland and the geezers, you know, the jet of um, hot water that comes out. The reality is there's something going on all the time. They're bubbling all the time underneath. And you just kind of wait, stand there waiting, being careful. There's big, you know, because obviously it's very hot. But um, literally waiting. And then they explode. And it's just, yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? I think the point is that spirit of joy is bubbling in you all the time. It's your choice whether you sometimes let that out in whatever way you feel like God has anointed you for that. The joy of the Lord is your strength. When you go through the valleys, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Let's practice joy in this church. Let's ask God for a revelation of truth and an impartation of joy. Romans 15:13 says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace. We want to experience a release of freedom from what would want to hold us back. I encourage you to come in the opposite spirit. It's very hard to laugh and be full of fear at the same time. Um, there's a Michael, George Michael song, which you all know, um, Careless Whisper. And there's a particular line in the song that says, Guilty feet have no rhythm. Sometimes when we just live with the heaviness, we're not going to move as well as Jesus wants us to. Children, I want you to engage in this too. See Jesus in a new way for yourselves today. He's got joy in abundance for you. There may be laughing, there may not. That doesn't matter. What matters is what's going on inside. Having said that, there is complete freedom to laugh and dance, to shout. There is something that happens in the heavenlies when we do.